This episode is dedicated to Grandma Mayette Smith and baby Mia Wolf. Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project. But this isn't just any episode. It's actually a special episode because we have some of Nani's family members with us today. So bringing back my co-host, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And let us know who is here with us today that I have the pleasure of talking to. So today is going to be a very special episode. You guys finally get to meet some of my family and get a little bit of insight into what we're like and where I come from. And I have today my Auntie Fredette, although you guys can call her Marie, and my cousin Monique. You guys know me by Nani, but they will refer to me as Patricia because that's how they know me. And I know I've mentioned on the show before that that's my government name. So there's another little fun fact for you all. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Marie and Monique, welcome finally, you know, to our show. It's so great to have you. And again, I'm just so excited, you know, really indulge in this conversation today. Thank you. We're excited. I I didn't know what to expect. So I'm just, I'm going to take your lead. I'll follow your lead. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Marie, let's go ahead and start with (laughs) you and share a little bit about I mean, I know it's like obvious, like where you heard about the show from, but like where you heard about the show and what compelled you to join us today? Truthfully, I follow Patricia Nani on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. And I love what she puts out there. I think it's very informative. Being that I'm Filipino, I don't always get those, you know, news and things that are going on, but I do from hers and I, I do take the time to to click through and read the materials and stuff. And it's, it's really deep. And I said it jokingly, like, hey, if you're ever looking for somebody, you know, you can, we would love to do it. And I kind of said it half-ass jokingly. And then she was like, sure. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. Like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know it was going to kind of happen like that. And then Monique was a little reluctant because she's pregnant. And then I said, just let's do it. <laughs> and that's literally what happened and here we are yeah awesome yeah ditto <laughs> Patricia yeah I'm so when she first started doing this I was so surprised because I didn't see that side of her like she's super quiet you know like she's more reserved to other people so I love that she's doing this podcast and getting all like her creative juju out there but <laughs> um, when she asked me to do it I thought it'd be so cool 
just because we're all in different places in our life now. And it is cool to talk about, you know, our family and how things were before and where we see things going in the future. Yeah. Yeah, Well, thank you. Thank you both. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nani. I was just going to say that I really wanted to capture this moment in time because Monique is pregnant. She's nine months pregnant and she's about to give birth in just a couple of weeks now. And I thought it would be really fun to capture, you know, where she's at today and kind of give a little bit of background on our family and how we grew up for her daughter to lead her listen to, you know, when she gets a little bit older. That's the main reason why I wanted you both on here together, a family podcast. And plus, we also interviewed Jen's mom and sister like a couple months ago. And so I was like, well, neither of my parents are Filipino American women. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. We're the next closest females in my family yeah. that I could ask. Yeah. So here you guys are. And we definitely grew up like siblings. Exactly. So you guys are the closest thing that I have to, to Filipino American parents. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Nani, how does it feel for you to at least hear from Monique that her perception of you was, you know, mainly quiet and reserved and, you know, here you are, like, you're so talkative on the show, you know, at least yeah. in my perspective. So how is it like for you to, to hear that from her, her perspective and observations of you? feels really good to hear that and get that feedback from my family. I think that, you know, I've shared a number of times before that I kept this kind of part of my life private for a really long time before I like started promoting it to my family or even like told my dad about it, which of course I talk about him all the time on this show. So it feels like just really relieving to be able to be myself like (laughs) in front of everyone, you know, both the people that know me and the people that don't. And yeah, it warms my heart to have you guys on here. <laughs> Aww. I love it. Yeah, I asked that question because I think about, you know, I'm doing this despite like what my family may think of me, you know, and, and I, I rarely hear them. I mean, other than my sister and occasionally my mom, you know, what they actually like think of the show or if they can observe if I'm different, you know, when I'm on a show like this. So that's why it's just really cool to have family come on and, you know, see those different perspectives. Because I think it's very common, I think, in our in a lot of Filipino families where you almost don't want to act differently than what your family knew you as growing up. So, you know, since you all essentially grew up together, it must be quite fascinating, you know, to see the growth in all of your lives. Like, you know, Monique, now you being pregnant, and Mm -hmm. then of course, Nani, you being more vocal and being a writer and and everything it must be fun to have kind of witnessed just all the different seasons of your individual lives together yeah totally and I mean I've always seen this side of her like she's always been super outgoing when we're together but it's more with other people that she was quiet and to see her now just like doing her and living her best life, speaking her truth. It's like, you go, girl. Aw, thank Love you, it. Mo. My lights are crazy of bright. Course. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, this is really cool to just kind of peer into more of Nani's life. And, you know, although I know her name is Patricia, it's hard for me to even just say that because it's like, I'm so used to calling her, you know, calling Nani Nani. So it's like, oh my gosh, like so many different, you know, perspectives here. But no, I'm very happy for you both to be on and to show your support and, you know, contribute to the conversation. So let's go ahead and move on to the second question. So as you know, the show is called the Filipino American Woman Project. And, you know, we come to find that everyone has such different definitions of what it means to be a Filipino American woman. So Marie, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your 
family background. And, you know, all of you obviously can chime in, but let me start with you, Marie, and share, you know, a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. Okay. Well, primarily, um, I wasn't born here. I wasn't born in the U.S. In the U.S., I was born in the Philippines in Mandaluyong. And it was in the 70s. And I came to America for a better life, like so many, at least in my generation, which is the one older than you guys. But um, I came <laughs> like to one America of us at a time. <laughs> I came to America at a time when, you know, there weren't a lot of Filipinos here, or at least none that I knew in my classes. Like I didn't have, I, I was always only the, the only Filipino. And most often people would think like, are you Chinese? Are you, you know, everything else but Filipino. And then when you do say I'm Filipino, some people didn't even know what that was. What is that? And I'm like, I, I never even, like now you you could say you're Filipino anywhere and people know what that is. Back then it wasn't like that. Mm. So I came to America and pretty much had to like learn English and learn just how to live here. My dad was against us really continuing to speak Tagalog because he didn't want us to have an accent. Wow. Although like, so my dad is American, but my mom is Filipino. She's a Locano. Mm-hmm. And we're taught different things like the fubu, you know, hand feeding. My dad was like, oh, I don't know. What are you doing? Yeah. That, that's gross. And why do you do that? Give them a plate. But that's how we grew up, mm. you know, running around and then going and being hand fed. It's called subo. So it just was a, just a different time. So learning to adjust here and then where you're not, you're not Filipino enough to be truly Filipino, but you, you don't fit in there. So I think now just being represented more and just having people out there that are the same nationality as you has been, it's been different. Like my kids don't have to, didn't experience that kind of thing or. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. So in in Colorado, we lived in Colorado for five, six years. And a lot of people in my class didn't know what Filipino Mm -hmm. was. Like I wanted blonde hair so bad. And you know, everyone was, you know, was primarily white out there. So coming Moving to California when I was 10 was a huge, like, culture shock because then there's, pe- there's more people that look like me and that there's brown hair. And yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, so it was different. It was very different. And so I think bringing the two and marrying the two kind of builds it up differently for all of your children. You know, your children will go in and be able to go to school with other Filipino children and and it won't be so weird to bring it like lumpia for multicultural day. Like people didn't like, this is an mm-hmm. angle. What do you, what do you, why are you calling it something different? Yeah. Well, in our culture, it's a lumpia. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not the same. We don't use the same ingredients. Mm-hmm. I'm partial, but like ours is a little, it, it's good. It's better to me. Better, yes. <laughs> oh my <laughs> but you know, it, it is different. Like, you know, so people go, growing up with all that are your, all of your children will not really have those awkwardness or being ashamed. That's something that I don't think, you know, we really touch on because my generation is also a generation that didn't care about mental health. We care about that now. Right. So, you know, hopefully a culmination of all these great things is going to be, you know, providing all of your children with so much more opportunities and a better understanding. And even just knowing just because you guys didn't come from the Philippines, your generation is a generation that is like here. 
You guys were born here, usually from parents that mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. So. Can you tell me, do you mind if I ask like what your relationship is like with your parents? Like, do you sort of resent maybe like them encouraging you to assimilate? Like how is, you know, what is your relationship in regards to that? And has your relationship with your parents evolved since then? Well, oh, that's a good question. Oh, this, can be, this can be another hour. Oh. <laughs> On um, its own. Well, <laughs> my mother has passed away um, and sorry. she was, that's okay. I, I'm at a place and it's kind of weird that this is all coming together. I don't know when the podcast is going to air, but her death anniversary is coming up. It's kind of giving me chills wow. because based on what you guys were telling me, I don't know if I look at the calendar, but it's almost going to line up with when you guys are doing the podcast. Yeah, if you want to know, I'll, I'll tell you now. It should come out. You can tell me. In case you're, in case you're wondering, because maybe this is worth a discussion or talking point. But March 5th is when we're planning on getting this episode out. I, I, I can't see your face, but I'm just, my mouth is just, I'm shocked. Like literally those are the, the times leading up to my mom's death. My mom's death anniversary is March 7th. Oh my gosh. Wow. So is that weird or what? Timely. Without you guys telling. So it's kind of we weird. And I, I feel to her. I, absolutely. We can I dedicate this episode present. to her. Yeah. Yay. For sure. Yay. <laughs> but, but I feel her presence in so many ways, in ways that like, it's almost like crazy how ironic like that she's around. Like, I don't know that I believe so much. Like when somebody passes, you know, you hear all these things like, can they really see us or hear us or communicate with us? I'm weird to say that I believe that they can completely. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just so many instances. Like I can't, I don't even know if we want to dive into that, but but my mom has been around and it's been very, very real, like shockingly real. And with my dad going back on that, and again, I don't know if we want to dive into that, but I will just put it out there. It's kind of a weird and awkward situation with my dad because he's a Trump supporter and we have very different opinions. Mm-hmm. So much so where he just kind of didn't, I don't know, he, yeah, it's not a good situation. He has a lot of different views, not just on politics, but on so many things. So I think we've all decided in our family that it's best to just not discuss it, yeah. which mm-hmm. it's kind of hard because it like put a wedge in between our relationship. Like, we stay away from that group chat with him in it because we just know that his, you know, his advice and his opinions are just very, very off from what, you know, yeah. the rest of us believe. And um, yeah, I mean, with my grandma, though, <laughs> she was very, it's weird to think that they were even together, like they were even married at some yeah. point, yeah. because they were very different. And I think she's the biggest, like what I know about you know Filipino heritage and where we come from and stories are from her Mm -hmm. yeah most definitely and I think that you know and that whole wedge in our family is kind of weird because I feel like and this is just with everything else I never want to brush on anything under the rug if I've offended somebody let's talk about it come and tell me because if you don't tell me we're going to continue to have those problems because I don't know it's a problem, right? I'm going to continue to do those things that hurt you. So like in our family, we're very much about let's address it. You know, we don't just brush things under the rug because we're family and allow each other to just do whatever. No, that's not what it is about. And I think that piecing all that together and just dealing with things head on as they come is our way of doing things. So this is a very different approach to now just say, 
okay, we're not going to do that. It's because we've also come to the point where if you're spinning your wheels, trying to get your point across to somebody and they're just not receiving it, you're spinning your wheels for nothing. Right. Right. So like you kind of have to take two steps back and kind of let people do what they do. And that doesn't mean it's forever. It just means it's not right now. Yeah. We might get Mm -hmm. a chance to address it later and, you know, deal with that then. But for now, I think, you know, when things don't exactly pan out how you would want them to be, or they're not receiving the information that you're trying to convey. And usually I'm going with this in politics, you know, it's best to kind of just take a step back because you're both just going at it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. I mean, I definitely have, you know, I have a good friend that I've even talked about with Nani where we had this huge argument about just having different views on just our, our own different political views and how we view certain things of the world. And I remember yelling at her. I was, I was so upset. And eventually I did a follow-up call with her. I did some just deep reflection and deep thinking. And I said to her, you know what, like we're fighting different battles. Like I'm not in your space. You're not in mine. And if I need you, I know you'll be there for me. You know, like that's what it comes down to. Like, I'm not here, like we're not in the same space. So there's no reason for me to like convince you or you to convince me, you know, and I love you. Like, I love you at the end of the day. And so if that's what helps you like wake up every day and conquer another day, so be it same with me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and just kind of remembering like what, what you really want out of that relationship. Cause I know that, you know, politics has been a very, polarizing topic for so many of us, like so many relationships, for example, have been ruined because you think, oh, if you're this person, I don't want to talk to you like at all. Like you are just a demon, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. like one. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like all of that aside, something happens, like you're going to help them because you love them, you know? And, and so I I like how you uh, say Marie, like, you know, you just got to meet them where they're at. And Maybe we'll deal with this later, but until then, I'm meeting you where you're at, you know, meeting where you're yeah. at and where I'm mm-hmm. at and still love you, yeah. but maybe like over here, I will love you from this, yeah, <laughs> you know, from this from yes. distance. Yeah. From yeah. Distance. And that's okay, which before to me, that would never be okay, but it is now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I want to transition over to Monique. Just curious what your thoughts are mm-hmm. and let us know also why you identify as a Filipino American woman. I'm Filipino. My mom is Filipino. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, what I said before, like I didn't know too much about my Filipino culture. I mean, my grandma would always tell me stories, but growing up in Colorado, at least when I was younger, there weren't people like me. So I didn't want to be Filipino. I wanted blonde hair, you know, and then coming to California and, you know, I danced to Hesian. There was you know, pretty much everyone in my halal was Filipino there and just not feeling that I fit in, but, you know, having other people to relate to was so big for me. But yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I I love being Filipino now. Yeah, (laughs) Like I'm very proud to be Filipino. Yes. We're embracing our identity now. (laughs) All of a sudden. (laughs) It's like, I'm Filipino now. I think it does have Mm -hmm. a lot to do with what you said, you know, like when you first came here, there weren't a lot of Filipinos and you guys were in this like white dominant space. And so of course that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. If other people are always like, what are you eating? Or what are you? Or, you know, and to have a community around you, you know, not necessarily just your own family who you come home to, but who you go to school with, Mm -hmm. 
who you work with, who you see in the grocery store, you know, it, it does yeah. make all the difference. And so, you know, for that, I'm also grateful for our diverse society today, for our kids to grow totally. up and really know themselves and be able to be proud of who they are without having to feel like they should be someone else or they have to push themselves into a box, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like up until I think last year, Filipino was not even a box on like applications and, you know, paperwork that you fill out, you had to check either Asian American or Pacific Islander, which was always confusing to me because yeah, um, yeah. Like, Filipinos are Pacific Islanders and then half are like, no, they're Asian Americans. No, it's Asian. Yeah. Never know how to fill in those bubbles. And you want to hear something really awful? I go by what's in my best interest at the moment. Mm. So if it is in my best interest to be that, like if they don't have a box, because what are you going to do? Create a box? Like you can't always do that on reality. It's like we have now made space for ourselves here to be ourselves. And that wasn't always the case. So um, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's an important point to note. And then also about, um, you know, having strained relationships, your, your relationship with your dad. I've also felt that way. I think we all know on this call with my dad. <laughs> Not in the it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a thing about Filipino American men. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it is. It is. I agree with that because now that I'm getting older, I do have my eyes open to some of the things that they too have encountered, you know, and it's like, we didn't really think about that. So I think just in general, everything is kind of moving in the right direction to where things matter and we don't brush things under the rug and, you know, really just being heard. Yeah, exactly. Same with me and my dad. I mean, you guys know the reason why I'm so close to you guys and why I grew up basically, you know, (laughs) in your household is because my dad and I did not have a great relationship when I was growing up. And so whenever I would you know, spend time with him, he would either dump me at your guys's house or at one of my grandparents house. Sorry, I don't mean that to sound like, you know, no, it's not bad. It's just the reality of how it was. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm just really thankful to have had you guys and to have had you guys to like look up to and you guys were really like one of the only people in my family that put me up on game about how the world was outside (laughs) of the house, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in a way, like that was a blessing in disguise, our strained relationship. And now we've done a lot of growing, you know, on both ends and we can communicate a lot better and talk about those difficult topics that we didn't always agree on or that used to, you know, we used to offend each other about. So it does just take time and understanding and the willingness to listen, like you said. Right, totally. right. And yeah. what I, oh, no, no, <laughs> one go ahead. Things, I'm here to just hang out. Of, one of the things I was going to say too is that and my daughter will attest to this is that now I used to be twitter fingers on everything everything like once I get robbed up I'm replying and not necessarily replying to what you said but just replying to reply and now I do let it sit for 30 minutes or more and if I still want to send it at that time then I do, but most often times, all the things on that first draft are going to, you're going to take them out after you waited the 30 <laughs> You're going to reword it. <laughs> Usually. And I do run things by her before I send them if they're too much. Yeah. So I think she's like the mother. for each other too. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so she's condensed my 
prior paragraph or two long text to be two or three sentences in length. <laughs> I love it. That is that. Yeah. So there's a common theme I, I heard just from both of you. And if there's anything that we appreciate about today, it's the celebration of diversity as well as mental health. Because you talk about, you know, in the earlier days for you, Marie, like that very much wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, Monique, I hear you about, you know, wanting to dye your hair blonde, you know, I think (laughs) for whatever reason though, I don't know what it was, but in middle school, everyone for me, like wanted to dye their hair red. Like it was just this whole like weird (laughs) thing, but, but long story short, I, you know, a pride point for me, just later in life is just, I just don't dye my hair. Like I could easily, you know, get an ombre. I could, I could dye it a little more uh, brown of sorts. Um, I, uh, and I decided to like, keep it black because I realized like, especially being in a white dominated space often, like people like my hair and I'm like, Oh, if you like my hair, then I don't need to change it. You know, I was like, I don't need to go out of my way to change it. And also yeah. another pride point for me is, was when I just gave up on papaya soap. I gave up on whitening my skin. Cause my mom, I think when she was around my age or younger, she actually was as dark as me, but, and my mom is an immigrant from the Philippines directly. And so, you know, every time she visits the Philippines, she'll always buy all the papaya soaps on, you know, crazy cheap and has, you know, it has an extra space in her suitcase to pack it all in. And if I ever visit her back in San Diego, like she'll have, you know, you look under her sink, it's like all papaya soap or or some variation of it, you know, and I know. And so she, yeah. And so she very much has fair skin. And so there was a point where I used to use that every day. And and I noticed I started to turn orange. And part of that is because I was out all the time because I used to do sports in high school. And so I was always outdoors. So then it just really messed up my skin. And eventually I got to a place where I was like, you know what, forget it. Like, this is my skin color. I'm going to embrace it. But it takes a lot to get to that because like, you know, your parents or your, you know, the generations before us will model assimilation, right? And we may not understand it in the moment, but we're already kind of, you know, following the leader in a sense. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to be like that too. I got to be more white. I got to look more Eurocentric, right? It's just nice to be in a space now, as we all are saying here, where it is about a celebration of diversity and also mental health to really unpack like all that generational trauma that makes us constantly question ourselves, think we're not good enough, think we're not enough of fill in the blank, you know? So it's just great to again, be in a safe space in today's, you know, time to be like, yeah, like we're here, we exist and we're beautiful. We're smart. We're amazing. Mm -hmm. And we're celebrating all of that. All of it. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I mean, and that's so funny that you talk about, you know, lightening your skin and all of that, because every time I would tan, my grandma would freak out. Cause what are you doing to your skin? No, 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 no. <laughs> and I remember yeah. when I was younger, her even like pinching my nose every single morning. I mean, I don't have any negative thoughts about that. Cause it was time that I spent with my grandma, but I do totally remember her always pinching my nose every morning and then freak, yeah, freaking out when I tanned. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, has that actually like proven any results to like pinch your nose every morning? Oh, does it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't so. know. I, I do. Because think about this. Okay, go with me here, you guys. Okay. If you have a baby and, and I know my kids are going to like, oh, here we go. But <laughs> I tell them to watch the ears like and it is a Filipino thing. And I, I swear by it. You have to watch their ears that they don't like fold when they sleep because over time it does train your ear to stick out so sometimes 
especially when they're a boy or having shorter hair, if one ear is just completely sticking out and the other is pinned back, sometimes that could be avoided. That's a Filipino thing, but it very much works. That and the cotton on the forehead before the three months. And what? I know you, you yeah. Cotton on the so forehead. When, Tell me. Explain. Okay, so all babies, all babies are going to get hiccups. And when up until they're about even three to four months old, it's an old Filipino wives tale, but mark my words when I tell you that it does work. You get, you rip off a piece of like a cotton ball, just a really teeny tiny piece, almost looks like a piece of lint even. Mm -hmm. And you ball it up and you wet that under the sink and you put it on their forehead. The hiccups will be gone in like one or two minutes. Oh, I don't know how it works, but it works. (laughs) It is a Filipino wives tale. It's probably one of the few that I still kind of practice still today. And you'll see me do it. And they're like, why is there a cotton on his head? I'm like, because he had hiccups. <laughs> Just take it off. But it works. I so, love it. Uh, Mo, let's take notes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That and the pinching of the nose. But I do think that, that the, again, that pinching of the nose is one of the things, like if you think about it, that, that just makes your nose a little more thinner to be more Americanized. Mm-hmm. Does it actually work though? Like if you pinch a baby's nose I, every day? Monique do, has the nicest. More? Yes. Oh my gosh. Monique has the nicest nose. Well, (laughs) out of all five of your kids. Okay, I didn't didn't (laughs) didn't think that. That's going to offend someone. That's going to offend someone. (laughs) That's okay. okay. We're just keeping it real. Let's. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I do think it works. Maybe I'll take a poll or something, but yeah, I think we'll try it with our babies and, and we'll see. <laughs> well, it's it's no, gonna get so much backlash. Yeah, yeah, your, your family's gonna have a good talk about this, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of like when you know you break a bone and you have to wear a cast, like the, the whole idea of a cast is to you know reconstruct that arm in a sense or get you know get that broken bone back together. And so, you know, I imagine that is sort of the same logic is that, like you said, if you're, if you're always sleeping on one ear and it's folded and you do that long enough, the ear adapts to that, right? And so, yeah. so I hear you on that. Like, I mean, I've never had family pinch my nose, so I really don't know like <laughs> what the impacts of that are, but I believe you, you know, like I don't have any reason not to believe you. So, you you know, if, right. it, if it worked, it worked. Right. And right. it is what it is. That's it. I'll leave well, it at that. <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of correlate it with like, you know, when you put those like bars, like there's some cultures that put the things on your neck and your neck does elongate. There's mm-hmm. some that bind your feet to make them smaller. Like right. that's Chinese culture. Yeah. Back in the day, they bound your feet so your feet wouldn't grow. While all those are not good and not things that I probably would practice now. I mean, but even though people still do, I think that they do work and for whatever religious or other <laughs> reasons you want to do that. I do think I think it works. Yeah, that's all that matters is like, you believe it works, it works. Like, again, we don't have any reason to, like, I'm not here to correct anyone. I don't have enough science or background to be like, you know what? I did a study and that's wrong. Like, I don't, and this is your story. It does or doesn't work, people right. still do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. It makes you know, them feel yeah. better at least. If it that kind of, yeah. that reminds me of like, my mom would always say to never like sleep with your hair wet or else you'll go blind. So I always have to like <laughs> blow dry my hair before I sleep or at least like let it air dry. And I was like, I don't know if that's true, but like, I don't want to go blind. I'm just so going to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Like, and I'm not just blind yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not blind yet. Right. So I think, I think it works. 
Right. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you both for just indulging. Well, what did we talk about? No, I just, it's just funny. I feel like we went yeah. off this like really fun tangent. I love it. For people that are getting to know you both for the first time, give us a snapshot of your life today. Uh, Maria, we'll start with you. Like what keeps you busy or excited nowadays? Well, I do have a small accounting firm with my business partner, Monique. <laughs> and yeah. we actually have a really good work life. Like primarily I work my accounting all day long. We do have training calls and teach other accountants how to use a certain software, primarily for interior designers and architects. Mm -hmm. And then at night, I usually smoke <laughs> and I do my, I call them my high crafts, but it is my other business where I do different like crafts and art. So that usually occupies my time. And then my other downtime, I just go back and forth from Vegas and the Bay to go see my kids. It's really basic, but really busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I no, have to honest. add that she's always creating, like she has new ideas and new businesses. I swear like every week. So she's always busy with something. Like she has 50 million things going on at one time. <laughs> Pretty much. And that's, that's just her personality. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, with myself, like she said, we have um, ID accounting advisors. Yeah. So for me, like she was saying, we have ID accounting advisors, our accounting firm, which takes up majority of my day and night. That's my baby right now. But I am preparing for the birth of my first child, which I'm so, so, so excited for. So I'm shopping online now. <laughs> We're doing her room. Uh, um, that's it. pretty much what excites me. Yeah. Like I'm such a homebody now before Patricia and I used to be out and always doing something but now I'm home and with my dogs I'm with my fiance <laughs> and yeah just working I, I'm curious to know I love first of all that both of you work together like I, I'm going to start with you Monique like what is it like to be working with mom <laughs> essentially <laughs> Yeah, let me get my popcorn. <laughs> yeah, there's pros and cons. I mean, it's really cool that I can lean on her for anything. Like anytime I need something, I'm like, mom, can you do this for this client? Please help yeah. me. Like I'm so tired. I have morning sickness, whatever. Please help me. And I know she always has my back and she gives the greatest advice and she's super freaking smart. The downside we have different styles. She's very out there, like with her clients, she has these personal relationships with them and, you know, can talk to like, oh, I'm going to go smoke. So I'm not dealing with this today. And I'm like, mom, you can't say that. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're very different. Like, I feel like I'm more, I don't know what. Like reserved? What, what would you call Re reserved? I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when it comes to clients, I feel like you know, with my age and with everything, like, I just want them to take me seriously yeah. and that we're women, you know, yeah. like yeah. a lot of people, I feel like don't take us seriously until we start talking. They're like, Oh, you know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, but with her, she's very like, I don't give a fuck. So, yeah, that's what she says. She's like, I know my worth. We have so many clients If they want to fire us okay, bye. <laughs> but she's, she, yeah, she's like, please, oh please fire us because I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's hard oh, because wow. I'm like, mom, please don't talk like that. Please don't 
put that picture up, but, and she's, we, we have very different personalities. Yeah. She's the mother and I'm more like the child. Oh, I think totally, like, totally. I mean, like even with Instagram, I'm like, mom, don't post that. Don't post that. Like you have clients <laughs> that follow you. And she's like, oh, well, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. She's like, yeah, welcome. Yeah, totally. I think that I'm very much what you see is what you get type of thing. Like if, and now my page is is public, so it doesn't really matter. I don't think I have any clients that are under, I don't know, maybe two to five. I, I don't think I have anybody that's under two years old that's been with me. So that being said, like they all know that I pretty much help them. My goal is to make them and their businesses successful. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen so many times. And oddly enough, the, the number one way you get your business in order <laughs> is to is to have accurate accounting. Mm-hmm. And that I know I know how to do to, <laughs> due to the D. So I just think to me, you know, it's a, we turn down business every single day. I know Monique hates to turn down business, and I'm more like, well, you know. I'll put you on a waiting list and we'll see what happens. But we don't usually get a drop in anybody. If we lose a client, it's usually because I, yeah, I I didn't know that it was going to be like that. I don't have a single client that I dread to talk to. I love my clients. They love me. I am brutally honest about everything in their business and in my day-to-day life. Like weed is legal. So it's like having a (laughs) dream. What are you going to (laughs) say? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I go to the, I could go to the dispensary. I like it. It's better than drinking alcohol. I usually will, will start and say, I don't put that crap in my body. Well, I don't, I don't like alcohol. I don't like the calories. It's just way better. And it's from the earth. Yeah. (laughs) Marie, how do you feel about, like, how do you feel about just Monique being a little more reserved? Like, do you appreciate it? Or do you sort of wish she'd be more like you? Oh no. Like, I I love that she's that way. Cause I feel like I did a good job on her. Like we it wasn't always like this but she is such a strong independent woman like she's everything I would have wanted to be as a person but but the problem is I learned I I did it in reverse I had Monique at 16 Mm. I was a mom and I was married and I did all that and I stayed home and raised my kids but then they start to get older I almost it was like I didn't know what to do with myself I didn't know like where do I fit in now? Like, I'm just used to them needing me. Like, and now they don't need me anymore. It's like, what do I do with my time? Like, I only know how to like be their mom. Like my life revolved around their practices and their, you know, their events and taking them places and, and all that. And then it was like, now what do I do? So I think I kind of went in reverse. And then I, I became like, so everything that I should have done in my twenties that I didn't do, I think I kind of did them in my late 30 in my 40s I didn't start smoking weed till I hit 40 mm-hmm. I've never smoked weed before that so I kind of think I kind of just had to navigate and find my way again and find out like you know okay I'm not just their mom what else am I and business is great and I love work but but what else what else is out there for me so I started so I do get a million ideas I just need the capital to make them all come to fusion and so that's why I work so I can make the other things kind of happen. So my ultimate goal would be just to be a stay-at-home grandma at some point mm-hmm. and just travel. But I, I don't see that like really happening. Like I'm still young. I still want to be everywhere. I'm going to take Monique's kids and 
they're going to be at courtside with me and at the game. Like that's how I see myself in five years. So that's really all like, that's what I would like to do in five years. Like I don't have a longer term goal than that. I just want to be like a grandma on a fly aunt and I come by. Yeah, with you're definitely gifts. the coolest grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, they make fun of me. Like I don't, okay, get your kids. Like I'm, this is a designer. I don't, yeah. Like, so I like where I'm at. I'm in a very good space. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of like where I was in like my young to mid twenties, where I had what I called mom friends. Like I had a lot of them because I was involved in my church at the time. And even just in my early networking days for business, I'd go to all these women networking groups and it was a lot of moms or empty nesters who are now starting their own business, you know, kind of starting their own life. And I resonated a lot with a lot of women who are in their forties because their kids were already out. And I think a lot of them sort of saw me as like their surrogate daughter. <laughs> and a lot, actually, one of my really closest friends, we are, I mean, at least 10, 15 years apart and we could just talk about anything and everything. And I think it's just, you know, you got to give it to, to moms, you know, like, especially like teen parents, because like one of my really good friends who started running this huge women's group, you know, she was also a teen mom. And now she's, like I said, she's in her young forties. And, you know, she said something along the lines of like, you know, I think God wanted me to have a daughter early so that I can do all the good work that I'm doing today. And then you think about just all the shame that there was being a teen parent. Right. And, and, and so, um, I, I even remember in high school, like the moment you saw someone that was pregnant, they were gone a couple months later, you wouldn't see them anymore. And there was so much yeah, there was so much shame around that. And so I, I feel fortunate to have known a lot of like have a lot of mom friends who have overcome that and their kids are, you know, for lack of for, you know, lack of a better term, fucking amazing. <laughs> a lot of them just turned out <laughs> amazing because they just, yeah. you know, a lot of them learn to grow up fast, you know, be, be mature fast, be decisive fast. And I think a lot of that has to do with the parent. And so, you know, Marie, I just say all of this to just share my, you know, appreciation, admiration and respect for you, you know, for making it through and being where you are today to have a good time and get high. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, you deserve it. Yeah, you so deserve it. <laughs> but I, that's really where I'm at. And one of the things I will say is that we did do a lot of work on ourselves I, with Monique. She was in a Christian boarding school. Mm. So we have butt heads. And every time, whenever I come across the question about, you know, therapy or working on yourself or, you know, because there is a lot of stigma mm -hmm. still, not as much as before, because your generation is changing that for the world. But primarily in mine, like people were like, okay, that's weird. Or like people, broken people need therapy or, you know, yeah. that crazy people need therapy. But really, we all, I feel almost every single person I know could benefit in one way or the other. And with Monique's school, back in the day, it's not around anymore, but they required that it was a requirement. So meaning like I was thinking, okay, you know, we're bumping heads and she's not hitting her curfew. Like I'm going to take her here thinking that these people are going to come and fix my daughter for me. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, fix her. She's, she's making me crazy. Here she is. And that's not what that program was about. It was like, they said, we can fix your child or so to speak, fix your child and have her do all the work on herself. But if you guys haven't done the work on yourselves and we let her back out into your care, what happens then? Mm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This yeah. is a bit more than I bargained for. Right. I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I for definitely that. think- You're like, she's the one I with the problem. <laughs> I definitely yeah. think people Hello. look at our relationship now and see like, you know, 
my mom's my best friend. We can talk, we can communicate really well together. Like some of my siblings can't communicate with her the way that I can. <laughs> we have a really, really close relationship, but it was not always like that. It was, you know, it took us a lot of work. Patricia, you know, like I was crazy before and you know there's times where my mom and I have really butt heads (laughs) yeah but you know there were times where you know I wouldn't speak to her for months and I definitely think boarding school helped just because of the therapy like and Mm -hmm. having to work on yourself working on your self-limiting beliefs and you know have her having to do that Dee having to do that like I mean you know I didn't even my stepdad who I call dad he like I was like, you know, you can't tell me what to do and this and that. But after boarding school, like, yeah, I love him to death. And we have, you know, a way better relationship now. And, you know, that's my dad. But, you know, same with my mom. I feel like we grew up together almost. So we definitely needed that therapy, that boarding school. And, you know, I I totally wouldn't be where I'm at today without it. So thanks, mom. Thanks for sending me away. (laughs) You're welcome. And I... Piggybacking on that, I will say the boarding school situation, because everybody asks me, and I know that there are other programs, but basically that's what it is. She's doing these programs and so are we. I was just thinking like, if your child is ahead of you, like if she does it, but you didn't, you will not be allowed to see or speak to them except for through letter until you've done that class. So then basically that class, then like you've done the work, they usually make you well, you end up crying for 24 or more hours. Dang. And then, yeah. Yeah, literally. And then you're just drained and tired. But if that's what I needed to do to then be able to speak to my daughter, well, then I guess that's what I need to do. But you'd have par- like kids that were like three programs ahead and the parents haven't done the first one. Mm. So that tells me that it takes two for everything to work. We do still, you know, encounter things where we're not happy, but we kind of call each other out on it more and quickly and kind of think about things a little bit better. Um, And I think that's really where it's at. Um, Growth and healing and everybody, I mean, everybody has a little work to do and a little healing. And I think once when you're open to doing that and open to receiving it, magical things happen. That's right. And that's why like getting out of your comfort zone, like watching Patricia do this, it is a little weird. She (laughs) wasn't very talkative and like she I knew she was talkative because I could hear them in my car and in the house but then when we're out like she was very reserved so for here watching her do this it is kind of like wow I'm so happy for her as well (laughs) well for the record I'm still like that I'm still very shy around strangers and other people just you know in a zoom room I feel comfortable Yeah. You know, when you think about plants, not all of them have to be directly under the sun, right? Some plants have to be placed in certain places, maybe further away from the window to thrive. Right. And I think that we all thrive in certain ways and different circumstances where, you know, Nani is reserved in one space, you know, she's very talkative here. Like I know for myself, like one of my favorite things to do is go to coffee shops where I don't talk to anyone. You know, I, I keep to myself headphones on, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, put me on a, something like this. I'll be very talkative or put, put me in like, have you hang out with one person? I'll be really talkative, but put me in like a group setting. I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm going to be like a little wallflower. So I think mm-hmm. it's just about knowing kind of like knowing your strengths given a certain environment. And yeah, it's okay to be reserved in certain circumstances. Like I imagine with you, Monique, even though you're, you know, sort of reserved around your mom and the way you work with her, 
I'm sure there's other places where you go crazy and have a ton of fun, you know? Oh, yes. Socially, she's very outgoing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it just depends on the circumstances that we're all in. But, you know, either way, it's great to be here and hear all these different perspectives. I just want to share, I remember when you went away to boarding school and I remember like being really scared for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and just especially because when we went to visit you, it literally was like a prison, you know, you had like the fence. Yeah. It was like, even if you jumped uniforms, Yeah. yeah, uniforms, there was nowhere to go for like miles Mm -hmm. so I was like oh my god where do they have her (laughs) but you know I I remember the letters and everything and um, yeah and I do remember the transformation in like the dynamic between you and your mom and Dee that happened when you came Mm -hmm. home even if things still weren't all peachy and rainbows you know it's it's always been a rocky road I feel like for our family as a whole but um, Mm -hmm. you know that definitely helped a lot and I just remember how much I admired, like for the both of you, whatever is in front of you or whatever you're up against in the current moment, neither of you ever seem to like show fear or be scared of your situation. You know, you always like things as they are and accept things and just do what you have to do and make the most out of your situation. So I just do remember that was like the first time that I had really noticed that about you. And again, something that I learned from you. So that was my experience. Yeah, I do remember you yeah. visiting me. <laughs> I yeah, do. Well, I think you found that photo and sent it to me like I a did. couple weeks ago. <laughs> I did. Oh, I love it. It's just crazy. Yeah, no, I think that it, we've all come full circle and just watching and being a part of it all has just been amazing. Amazing. Like, I, I feel like life can be so grand if you make it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's a great segue to one of my most favorite questions of our conversation, which, you know, on this show, we always like to end on sharing like a life lesson and a story, uh, maybe an aspect of your life that led to that life lesson. I am kind of curious to know, Marie, what got you into accounting? And then for Monique, what led you be like, yeah, I'll do that with mom. <laughs> like, I mean, I am curious about that because, no. you know, it's just a good, I'm sure it's a great story to tell. <laughs> well, I will tell you. Originally, I was horrible at math, like horrible. <laughs> like I, and I did go to continuation school back in the day, which it might, I don't know if that's legal anymore, but back in the day, if you got pregnant, like you were saying, like you just wouldn't see them anymore. Yeah. Well, I think now that you're still allowed to go to school, like regular school, but back in the day, it was like, they wanted you to like be sheltered from everybody, like not people not know that you were, yeah, were yeah. pregnant or anything. So I did go to continuation school and I hated it. I hated math, but I always was able to get like office type work. And it wasn't until I worked with writer homes in the Bay Area that I went back to school to do that. And I just, I love accounting. It's everything that I know and do. And it makes sense. I'm very broad. So I think having things cut and dry, like this is what it is. There's no other answer. This is what it is made sense to me. And I just, I liked it because I was good at it. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this made perfect sense. And so that's really the exposure that I had. And I just, I loved it. I I built up a really good clientele. And with Monique, I almost felt bad because it was like, I think all my kids have kind of worked with me (laughs) to some capacity over their years of going to school and work, finding their own place in life. And now the only one that still works with me is Monique. (laughs) But she's taken pretty much taken that over. Like I have 
my clients, we have our, our stuff together and we have like a tax division, which we've been trying to phase out for more than 10 years. But <laughs> we do, I, I kind of think that it just ties in all together. So I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I will let Monique answer on how we're working yeah. with me or not. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I used to like cut class. I felt like it was really easy. So I got good grades. Like I'd, I'd show up for the tests and turn in my work, but it was boring to me. So I used to cut class a lot. And my mom, she was like super tired of it and tired of going to like the truancy meetings. So she would pick me up during lunch. We'd drive around. And then right after school, she'd pick me up again and take me to her job. And that's when I started <laughs> helping her with accounting. And I remember like, I wanted to work at Pete's Coffee so bad. And like, I got an interview, <laughs> I got the job. I'm like, mom, please let me work at Pete's. She's like, no, you're going to work here. Like, I need to keep an eye on you. I need an assistant. <laughs> <And> I, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And I guess it's been a blessing. Yeah, so it was actually going to be like a lot less money working at Pete's, but I just wanted, you know, to like she be a wanted. teenager and be with my friends. Yeah. And she's like, no, I need to keep an eye on you. Like, you're not, you know, you know you're working here. And it's, yeah, it's been a blessing because, you know, I found my calling. I'm good at it. I know what's going on. And then I think where we are now, like we work with, I mean, we don't just do accounting. We do everything for these small businesses. Yeah. Like sometimes we are therapists. Like sometimes, you know, we handle like project management for these interior design companies. So it's fun. I I really like it and I enjoy it and all the aspects that come with it. That's awesome. I feel like that's sort of my, my dream. I don't have kids, but if I do have kids, it's my hope that they would enjoy working with me one day or, you know, want to carry on like the business that my husband Mm -hmm. and I are building today. And so it's just really beautiful to witness, you know, essentially a family run business and that you actually like working there. Cause I think that it's, sometimes it's hard to, you know, bring on a family member who just wants to go in a different direction. Right. And yet here you are, and Mm -hmm. you actually found your calling, which is amazing. And rare, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool because, you know, with my mom, I can call her and just like, Hey, what do you think? Of, you know, how should I do it? Is there another way I can handle this problem? Is there, you know, like what, what's your take on this? And she doesn't bill me for it. <laughs> she gives me all this <laughs> advice and yeah, it, it's cool. I like a free mentor. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Most definitely. I mean, she's even said it's been awkward, you know, for her kind of navigating through this it is a predominantly male space, of course. but I think, and also dealing with like, okay, you know, there are some CPAs that are bulldogs and she's like, okay, do you want to go on the call with me? And then I said, yeah, that's fine. And she says, oh, it's kind of weird. Do I say like, hold on, let me call my mom. Let me call my mom. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, so she's like, let me get my backup. But at the end of the day, I think that she navigates through it all with such grace and such ease. And like I said, if I were to have to go back and put myself together, I couldn't have put a better uh, person together than my daughter. So I am pretty cocky when it comes to that. (laughs) And work is probably the only other space that you'll hear me this. um, I don't know what the word, I guess cocky, right? Yeah, just shameless. Shameless. (laughs) Shameless. Like when it comes to work, our work is impeccable. Our work ethic, that's a Filipino trait, I will say, is impeccable. And it is, it just, it's everything. It, it, you all rolled into one. 
You know what I mean? We're, we're helping them with their business. That's totally a Filipino trait. Like, let me do it all. Like nothing is out of your scope of work, whether you're the CEO or the janitor, like nothing, everything that goes in between those two roles is part of it. And I'm just glad that she kind of accepts it. Like, I wish that I could have just been her younger and, and now there is, it's her. <laughs> so yeah, you know, kind of, vicariously through her. <laughs> kind of, and she can live vicariously through, through me exactly. now too. Yeah. <laughs> I totally and when, do. <laughs> and when she says nothing is out of the scope, that is true. Monique became a vegan for one of her best clients, okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> she did. She really did. <laughs> no oh, joke. Oh my gosh. Wait, so I, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But during this whole pregnancy, I started eating dairy again and eating meat. But as soon as I deliver, I'm going back to the vegan lifestyle, I promise. Okay, yes. I didn't expect you to uphold that during pregnancy. (laughs) Okay, good. I feel like anything goes. Yeah, no. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 Well, wow. I just love being a part of this family conversation. And uh, actually, I just thought this would be kind of fun before we get to our final, final questions. But is there anything, is there anything you two want to share about Nani that Nani's comfortable with people knowing that like our listeners may appreciate knowing? <laughs> oh God. Can I say it? Oh. Yes, say it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to be a mom with Patricia. Yay. <laughs> yes. Pregnant, and we talked about this our whole freaking life like, you know, doing this together, and our kids are going to be six months apart, just like us. Mm. And I'm just so ecstatic and excited for her. I think she's going to be a great mom, and we're going to have so much fun in this new chapter of our lives. Thank and we get you. to do Disneyland together all over I know. again. I and... feel like we're going to get to relive our whole childhood all over yeah. again through our, through our kids. So yeah, I love that we're you all will. having babies together and they'll all grow up close <laughs> like we did. And I did kind of want it to be a girl, but you know, so because you're it's having okay. a girl, so they could be just like us, but it's okay. They'll still be close. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. When, when you told me, like, I was so happy. I was crying. Like, Aww. it's just so funny. Cause this is exactly what we would say when we were younger. Like, I okay, know. we're going to be moms together. And... Since we were kids, yeah. we used to say this. And yeah. Now it's like our childhood dreams coming true. I love it. So crazy. Yeah. What a, what a, there's a lot of kids in our family right now. (laughs) Yeah. There is. Yeah. And this next chapter, you guys, is just so amazing. And just to be able to bring your children into an environment that you guys have both, you know, healed and, and have such good direction. And just when you think it couldn't be any better, I will tell you that being a grandparent for those that that, that care um it's more magical than having your own children it really <laughs> really is so watching you guys it's been great because i get to be part of it all i get to have more babies but i, I don't have to gain weight or take care of it, <laughs> any diapers like you don't have to awesome. do the hard What's stuff <laughs> oh yeah no yeah. I, I always tell my kids yeah, she keeps mentioning how being a grandmother is so much better than being a mom. I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh, so much better. Even just who I am and to be able to like love and appreciate them because my kids do tease me and I'm sure everybody else can attest. Like 
you know, parents are di- like way different to their grandchildren than they are with their kids. Yes. It's obviously experience and love and so many other things, but to be able to watch you guys and to just be a part of that is, is pretty exciting for me. And, and I get to spoil and buy every cute thing that I can see and give them to you guys when it's time to change a diaper. I mean, does it get better? No, yes, not to, me. to teach us everything that we need to know. <laughs> and also, you know, when you're a parent, like for me and Mo, this is our first time doing this, but for you, you've done this mm-hmm. like five or six times now. So <laughs> you yeah. already know a million times. everything you need to know. And, you know, we're lucky I, to have you I really you do. Around. And things I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, things, so. and things I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, lots of those. <laughs> but, yeah. Lots of those. But at the end of the day, you guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you. And I'm ready for this next chapter. Me yeah. too. I can't wait to see what my dad Me is going to be like as a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a soft. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not how he was as a dad. I will, I will say that. Let's hope. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, 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 I mean, like, you know, it is, is different. Yeah, I mean, to Monique and Nani, of course, congratulations to you both. And I know our listeners are going to get a kick out of this because I know, Nani, you've been holding this in for quite some time now. So if you all want to greet Nani and wish her congratulations and Monique as well, we do have a phone number for our show. It's 415-484-8329. Feel free to shoot us a text. It does go to Nani and I, and I'm sure Nani will receive it. But yeah, let us know. Congratulate her. We're really excited to bring in a another um, member in our here at the Tifa project, as well as, you know, your family <laughs> as a whole. So for both of you, and I'm just really yeah. excited for what you both have just this new journey, as we're talking about here, like I'm, I'm not ready to have kids yet, but I like to live vicariously <laughs> <laughs> through people that do have kids, you know, and I do have like two kids, my husband and my dogs. How about that? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's enough right now. That's that's enough. Yeah. More than enough. So I got to treat myself <laughs> sometimes. So take a break from parenting, but this is beautiful. And just really, really, wow. I just, I'm so happy with how this conversation <laughs> about to be. So, you know, we always like to end on a positive note on our show by sharing a life lesson for you to contemplate about between now and the next episode. And so Marie, let's go ahead and start with you. What's a life lesson oh. mantra, anything you want to share that you think would resonate with our listeners, or that's really important to you. And also a, a story in your life that led to this life lesson. Oh boy. Well, I would say, I think operating with kindness and love is probably a major, major life lesson. I know that it's, it's sometimes hard, very hard to do that given different circumstances, but I will say that moving in that manner and with just loving your heart and being open um, does something to just the energy and everything surrounding that situation. And it makes a way when a way probably wasn't possible. And that's one thing I've learned through this pandemic. I have, yeah, I mean, I, I I do go to therapy, but I also have experienced a whole different range of emotions going through this. It was the first time that I've been away from my family and friends for that long. Mm. And, and I don't live in the Bay Area. So, you know, not having, being able to fly back and forth because I lived in LA and I would just go back and forth and not having that kind of makes you reevaluate everything and even just your thought process of things. So I think moving with love in everything you do, whether it's work, whether it's 
your personal relationships because life is about relationships. That's literally all it is. And you have so many different relationships, whether it's your your friends, your family, your coworkers, your audience. All these things are relationships, professional or personal. And if you move with love, like you can't lose. I kind of feel like that that's just been the biggest thing. It's it's changed and evolved my life so great. And you know, you can take that as religious, as as spiritual as any of that. But I think like that's probably just the biggest change for me is to just operate from a place of love it's kind of corny but I, I love it, it it's foolproof my life is great I don't think I've ever been able to say that it's taken a little over 40 years but my life is great yeah better late grand than ever. <laughs> so <laughs> better late than never yeah well thank you Marie and Monique what about you yeah um, I think a life lesson I mean now with being pregnant and starting my own family, I think it was really important for me to reevaluate the relationships in my life and just move forward with healthy, positive relationships, you know, cut out the toxic energy and, you know, anyone that's not really contributing to the space that I'm in now, you know, like we, we talked about it briefly before, but even, you know, with my grandpa, like if, if there's, anything, you know, like, let's just put a pause on it. And, you know, we can agree to disagree and just move on. And I feel like I had to learn that like with siblings and, you know, with, with all different relationships with friendships, not everything needs, you know, a response and not everything, you know, you don't need to put your time and your energy into all of that negative space. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about positivity now going forward and just being there for my family and, and being there for the people that love and care for me instead of, you know, spreading myself thin and worrying about everybody else's problems. Yeah, I think that like we mentioned before, mm-hmm. you've really taken on the role in our family of being everyone's mom, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, the just, for exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm just really proud to see you like drawing your boundaries when you need to, and you know, actually realizing mm-hmm. that like that's a thing, you know, because in our family, we're yeah, very yeah. in each other's faces and in each other's business, and <laughs> that's just how we roll. Always. And we we love it, like yeah. That. But at the same time, you have yeah. to protect your own energy, like you were saying. And I'm really glad to see you doing that, yeah. And, also. You said it best, boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that we've had to learn, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because like like Auntie said, life is all about relationships. And for us, I think that we've put a lot of value on our family relationships specifically. And even when things are not the prettiest and they're not the most fun, we still show up, we still stick around, we still are there for each other, mm-hmm. we still have each other's backs. And like you said, if you move with love and kindness, even when you don't agree, or even when you can't see eye to eye, that's the most important thing. Cool. Well, <laughs> wow. Well, this was such a heartfelt conversation today. <laughs> Thank you all for just letting me be a part of it. I mean, any yeah. closing thoughts or comments before we go from anyone? I think we could. I'm so happy. I'm so happy I didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I like you like, right were. How we cry? <laughs> yeah, I was sort of watching you. I was like, "Is she gonna cry?" Like she has <laughs> no, passion right I've now. I've been working on it, like really, really working on it, because I kind of feel like I get carried away all the time. But I, Monique, has been so emotional. 
don't know what's wrong with me, you guys. But I am proud that I didn't cry. That's, that's literally it. So we'll end on that note. Yes. No, this I'm this- soft. <laughs> Hey, I mean, no, I think, I think there's everything right with you. You know, I think it is beautiful to be emotional and to cry. I mean, you know, quite honestly, when I first started podcasting, like I would wear my, my emotions on my sleeve. And I think I've done so much releasing, like doing so many shows where it's like, it takes a lot to make me cry now, I think, because I've just, I've already done it so much, but there are still moments where, you know, if I see, if I, if I hear, let's say, you know, a guest talk very fondly of their dad. Like I lost my dad when I was young. And so whenever I hear that beautiful bond between a daughter and a father, I get really emotional about it. But for the most part, I'm really good at like, oh, that's really good. Thank you for sharing, you know? And there's not as much triggers that get to me anymore, but I'm always open to it. Like I will cry if I need to, like if I want to, I'm not opposed to doing it. Therapy is great. I'm in therapy as well. And that's probably part of it too. Like that's my outlet too. I just have a lot of, mm-hmm. I just have a lot of buckets to cry into. So by the time I'm, I love you know, I'm here, it's like, uh, but you know, but it is very nice actually when we do have, you know, guests that just cry. I mean, you know, we are pretty lucky, Nani, or I don't know if we're lucky or not lucky, but we haven't really had a lot of people cry on our show in the recent. I know in episodes. the beginning, I feel like yeah. everyone used to cry like every single episode. <laughs> oh, and now yeah, it's true. The yeah. conversations are more like light and fun, which is which is great. But in the yeah. beginning, they were like really emotional. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think it's probably because like the people who do want to be on the show feel very like confident, excited to share their story where it's like for some people in the past, it was their first time sharing their story. So I think that was Mm -hmm. probably why it was so emotional. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. If you're a past guest, you let us know. (laughs) Was that your first time telling (laughs) your story? But no, I think this is a great way to wrap up. I want to thank you both again, Marie and Monique, so much for being on our show. Also, Nani, for coordinating all of this and giving us a glimpse into your life, you know, and, and your family. You. These, you have incredible people that look out for you and take care of you. And that's one thing mm-hmm. that I really admire about you. And, you know, a lot of Filipino families who have large families, like, you know, I personally am estranged by estranged from a lot of my relatives, but, you know, my sister is in a space now where she wants to reconnect with family. And I think I have the mental space and the, the, the emotional maturity to be like, you know what, let's do it. Like, what else do we have to lose? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be mm-hmm. a fun journey for myself in these mm-hmm. upcoming months, if not years. But yeah, other than that, I want to thank you both again and Nani for hosting with me. Thank you both for for joining and for doing this. I know that it's, you know, a new space for all of us to be in together, but I'm really glad that we did it. And I'm sure, or at least I hope it will inspire maybe some other people in our family to also come on. So we'll see. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. The water is awesome. awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And again, to our listeners, we want to thank you all so much for joining us. Oh, actually, do you two want to be contacted? And if so, let us know. Starting with you, Marie, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you, how can they do that? Um, Okay, I will plug my Instagram. It is Marie Vuitton, like, yes, like the designer. And no, we're not related. It originally, it was just for people to not be able to find me like clients. But at this point, they've, they've found me and they don't. It is what it is. So, and we also have our website um, at www.idaadvisors.com. Beautiful. Awesome. And Monique, if you want to be contacted, let us know how can people find you online? Yeah, you can (laughs) just reach out to us on our website, which she said, idaadvisors.com. 
Perfect. I love it. Awesome. And uh, all right. And that's it. Let's go ahead and wrap up here again. Thank you to our listeners. You can uh, reach out to Marie and Monique at their website. We'll have that in the show notes for you. If you didn't catch that for some reason, even though they said it twice already, but that's okay because we love you and we have show notes <laughs> and we do have a website, tfawproject.com. If you want to learn more and get a hold of Nani and myself with that said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.